Do you like books? What about books that read to you? Not the books themselves. That would be interesting if books had voices. It would be like once upon a time. You don't know if the book, what what voices the books would have. Who, who knows? Sometimes the books are read by authors. Sometimes they're read by uh, voice actors. I've mentioned it before. The Martian's one of my favorite because the voice actor is pretty fantastic. Uh, but if you want to go investigate the world of spoken books or weird books with faces, I don't know what I'm talking about. AudibleTrial.com slash dopamine, D-O-P-E-A-M-I-N-E. Get your first ebook for free and then uh, pay monthly to get uh, as many ebooks as you can muster. So go ahead and do that thing. AudibleTrial.com slash D-O-P-E-A-M-I-N-E, and that supports the channel. So let's get back to the show. Inspired by the life of the savvy and ambitious Colombian businesswoman Griselda Blanco comes a new Netflix original limited series. Griselda tells the story of a devoted mother who, with her lethal blend of charm and relentless savagery, creates one of the most powerful cartels in history. Witness Sofia Vergara's captivating transformation into the godmother of the underworld. Griselda, now streaming only on Netflix. Listen to the 48 Hours podcast for shocking murder cases and compelling real-life dramas from one of television's most watched true crime shows. Go behind the scenes of each episode with award-winning CBS News correspondents and producers in Postmortem, a weekly deep dive. Listen to 48 Hours wherever you get your podcasts. Hello there, C-Note here. Welcome to Dopamine, the show and platform that is all about personal growth using personality systems. We talk about creativity and some spirituality and transcendence. And in this particular video and podcast, I'm going to be talking about four different archetypes, four reluctant archetypes, four reluctant types of heroes, or four types of heroes, I should say, that, um, that fit into different types of, of creative reluctance. You know, why is it so hard for many of us to put ink on paper or to start writing or to make a video or to make a podcast or to share our story? What What is it about uh, ourselves and our personalities that create this sort of mechanism within us, this part of us? And part of this is about tapping into the hero's journey a little bit. It's about understanding that for you to get out there, you have to take the first steps on your journey for yourself. But that usually starts the creative uh, uh, journey. The um, hero's journey typically starts with a rejection or reluctance to the call to action. So there's probably some sort of call to action in your life. Maybe you need to leave your house, uh, you're living your, with your parents, or maybe you're you know, on the next phases of your um, project or trying to find a job or something like that. I don't know what your story is, but you can tell me in the comments below. So these four archetypes are based in a cross between Myers-Briggs and they're a cross between uh, Enneagram a little bit. 
and have some aspects of different personalities. Obviously, these are uh, these are just the four colors of the Legend of Zelda, the Link characters from Legend of Zelda Four Swords. Um, and I, I have a course called Press Start on Your Creative Message, which is Zelda-themed, that uses sort of Zelda characters in the actual telling of the of the course um, that is all about starting your creative journey in a sense. So this is just one slide on that. And I'll talk more about that at the end of this. So <clears throat> let's get into what these archetypes are. You know, we've got the reluctant hero, the critical hero, the anti-hero and the arrogant hero. I could have just put anti and then said hero, but you know, it's fine. Um, so let's start with the reluctant hero. What is so special or what is what makes the reluctant hero? Um, you know, the reluctant hero is the one that is typically going to be a little bit more introverted. They're going to be quieter. They're going to be more in their mind and they need to be prepared more of the time. They may lack confidence when it comes to uh, what they want to put out into the world or even confidence in their own skill set. And they're continuously learning as a result of that. Um, maybe trying to get to a state of readiness. You know, it, it's not that they're not doing anything at all, though sometimes that can be the case. Um, but they typically need to be prepared in some sort of way um, by uh, uh, continuing to um, make up for that with some sort of skill set learning or something like that. But even though they're acquiring skills, they're not necessarily ready, quote unquote, to put it out into the world. You know, so there's a degree of courage that comes with this type that if you're needing to put your your energies out into the world, that there's a sense of bravery that comes with that because you know that there's going to be feedback. There's going to be, um, you know, other other minds are going to get to it. And I think part of the need to be prepared is trying to find every avenue that someone else could possibly criticize this thing and could potentially uh, tear it apart. So you spend extra time trying to conceptualize or trying to plan uh, what this thing is so that when it's out into the world, it's basically flawless. And therefore, you are flawless. No one can kind of try to um, either ask you to make changes or, um, or, or have some sort of negative comment towards it, right? So there's a lack of confidence there. And sometimes it's this feeling of knowing that it won't work. It just won't work um, because maybe it takes too much energy. Maybe it takes too much time. Maybe it, there's not the right people that's going to you know, be interested in it. Maybe it's something related to your conception of um, uh, your desire to conceive something so specific that it just involves way too many pieces to make it happen. So in that vein, you may be consistently overwhelmed at the same time. You may have like, maybe there's even just too many ideas that go into this thing. And you're like, this could just not possibly happen in my lifetime. And that can create an overwhelming anxiety in you that um, it's really hard for you to get something out there because of this general feeling of being overwhelmed. So, and in that same vein also, it could be about fearing judgment from others. So as I talked about the reluctance to put something out there due to lack of confidence or assuming that it won't work, 
you know, part of that reluctance could be just a fear of judgment. It doesn't have to be all of these things, by the way, could be just some of these things or one of these things that fit into the reluctant bucket, as it were. But fearing judgment is one of those things. And a fear of judgment can mean that um, you tinker too much and are uh, working on things that don't necessarily um, uh, meet the bottom line or fit the bottom line in any kind of way. It could be that you're so busy on trying to make this thing uh, criticism proof that it's maybe losing its potency and you're spending a lot of extra time trying to make this thing perfect so that you're not getting that kind of judgment uh, from others, right? And in that same vein also, it, uh, that's going to probably be the, the, the statement of this video is in the same vein. Um, <laughs> it doesn't want to, the reluctant hero doesn't want to make the wrong choice, right? So spending extra time tinkering, conceptualizing, figuring it out, trying to figure out what is the, the, the perfect, the best, or even the most interesting thing to do um, to possibly even get the best return for your time and energy. So the, not making the wrong choice is obviously subjective, um, but in your mind, maybe you know what is right or wrong, and that is what, or you feel like you know what's right or wrong, and that's creating a reluctance in you, in you because, um, well, either you know what's right or wrong, or maybe you don't know what's right or wrong, and you're afraid of getting it wrong because you just don't really have a um, semblance of what that means to be right or to get it right. And, um, you know, there's a lot of fear there. There's a lot of fear of feedback potentially that could come from that. So the reluctant hero, the overall theme here is, is courage in terms of like the growth path. And we're going to talk about more of the growth path in the course itself. And I'll leave a link in the description and I'll tell you more about what the course is at the end of this video, but essentially reluctance, the, the other side of it is courage is just this this getting yourself out there, taking the first steps, regardless of not exactly knowing where you're going or having a good enough conception of what you want to try to do and letting the rest of it emerge as you go along or to, um, you know, to, to risk feedback, to get feedback and see feedback as potentially helpful in your growth path as a reluctant hero. The next one is the critical hero. And typically the critical hero can be a little abrasive, could be pretty intense. Um, they could, they typically are trying to outsource some of their, uh, what they want to make happen. So it's like they themselves don't necessarily want to get their hands dirty and do the work, but they want others to do it. And as others are doing it, they conceptually in their head kind of know what's right or wrong or what they want and maybe are a little bit vague about expressing that to others. And that results in some unhelpful judgment or gossip uh, about the group, or maybe there's like a clickiness, or maybe there's just a, um, you know, a looking down kind of vibe, right? Places external blame on others um, for, you know, maybe, maybe the critical hero has not been great at conceptualizing or sharing or, or making clear or communicating clearly what it is that they want or what they need or what they need help with. And they might uh, place external blame on others as a result of, of, of them responding to the lack of clear communication. So 
you know, it's, it's obviously, you know, the origin of what you want is yours. And if that isn't clear, then people around you are not going to do it right. But the critical hero may just seem see that as someone else doing it wrong, or someone else is not, um, is not doing their best uh, to go above and beyond and to do more than they need to do, right? So they may not take personal responsibility for what needs to be fixed or changed or what goes wrong. If things go right, yeah, they'll probably take it and they'll say like, yeah, of course, that was me. I did that. Um, but they may not uh, take personal responsibility when things go wrong and they're always shifting blame, as it were. And um, as a result of of being this kind of overarching sort of leader type that wants to... Um, sort of be the manager of a team uh, without social proof. It's it's asking for trust without that proof. So it's sort of this idea of um, wanting to be uh, the leader or a authority or manager or something like that without having actually gotten their hands dirty. And therefore, you know, kind of pushing all of the pieces around and sometimes treating people as pieces and saying like, hey, you, you need to do this, you need to do that, and not necessarily considering, um, you know, their needs or considering individual stories, right? So the critical hero kind of uses that external judgment, that forcing out, that that deflective sort of mind game uh, sort of thing to see other people as pawns and to avoid either self-criticism or criticism from others, or may avoid um, responsibility, may be avoiding um, having to genuinely be in charge or having to genuinely know um, where this ship is going. And if the ship sinks, then having to take responsibility for it. Um, It's really this sort of risk-reward sort of shift. Like I want all of the reward and I want none of the risk. Um, and that's kind of the same with the reluctant hero. You see a pattern with all of these in the sense that there's this desire for reward without the risk, but they're just kind of like different styles of it. So next is the anti-hero, which is, um, you know, they, they want to feel a sense of certainty in order to go forward. So they want to know that this is going to work. They want to know that, um, that this thing that they're going to put time and effort and energy into is going to have some sort of a, a, a payoff that if there isn't that, or if that's not clearly defined, or if there isn't a clear motivation, then um, that inaction is going to happen. Like they're going to just not do it because they don't believe in it or it doesn't resonate with them. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't, um, there isn't a clear direction to go in and therefore why use my energy and time and effort if there isn't something that that needs to be done or needs to be built or needs to be created right and in that sense they may have difficulty asking for help from others to either figure out that sense of certainty or even when they find a sense of certainty to like go towards something that <clears throat> that um they may they, they may just go at it themselves and not ask for help and, um, and, and really put the weight of everything on their own shoulders, right? So in a way that helps them to navigate the world 
more swiftly or on their terms or without having to ask for permission or to, um, or to even have to depend on or be dependent of others. So it's sort of this lone wolf sort of vibe, right? And, um, you know, the anti-hero can tend to procrastinate because again, because of that sense of certainty, if there is no sense of certainty, then why even bother? Um, but then it's easy to rationalize why something that's even certain can not be important. You know, maybe it's, it's like not important to me, or it's like some other reason to say like, oh, well, someone else can do it, or it's not my problem, right? You've kind of seen that in anti-hero stories over and over again. It's this reluctance. It's, it's their version of reluctance. It's like, this ain't my problem, man. Like you deal with it and this isn't for me to, to tackle. Right. So it's this whole, like, why, why bother with this? Why even, why, why even put my energy into it? And this is, this is sort of a over-focus on me an over-focus on the self and my self-protection in a sense. Right. So, <clears throat> so in that sense, you can convince yourself that the world's problems or someone else's problems or, or even your own problems are not really that important that I'm comfortable here. This is, I've set up life the way that I've wanted, wanted it to be. Um, and if I step outside of those boundaries, maybe that puts me in danger. Maybe it makes me feel unsafe. Maybe that, um, you know, depending on others has burned you in the past and maybe it's, it's difficult to find your way forward. And, um, so like the, if you're to mention that the, the sort of the path forward for the critical hero is a self-examination in a way. Um, it's a inward look to try to fill the void that exists within you and, and trying to just get your hands dirty. And really in a sense, it is just getting your hands dirty. It's willing to learn the skills yourself so that you become a better leader for others. And the anti-hero is simply not asking yourself so many questions in, in a lot of ways. It's, it's, not asking what the point is. It's trusting in a lot of ways. It's trust is the anti-hero's sort of growth path is the, um, the trust that what someone else is asking of you is important enough for you to take action on. Um, it doesn't mean a lack of discernment. It doesn't mean you shouldn't, but it's almost where, um, there are some types of people that, that are almost too eager to help people. The anti-hero is the opposite and almost way, way uh, uneager to help people, right? And you can see that there's probably other archetypes that can form as a result of this, because like none of these types really talk about helping people, though the critical hero is probably the one that will claim to want to help people. Um, and that's part of like asking for trust without proof is like, I'm the person that can save you. I'm the person that can help you. And that is the type that is going to sort of manufacture a sense of authority in order to, to make that happen. So that's the reason there isn't really like a helper type. It kind of fits under the, the critical um, hero lens there. And the anti-hero is in a way kind of its opposite. The anti-hero is the sort of um, the reluctance because of self not and where whereas the reluctant hero is reluctant because of others they're afraid of others anti-hero is almost afraid of 
um, what would happen if I abandon control of myself, if that makes sense. And then lastly, we've got the arrogant hero, which, um, you know, they, they rush into battle. Like this is the, probably the most obvious archetype, I think in my mind that they are just quick. They have a ton of ideas. They just want to go do things and they're just at it. Right. And they're, um, in the Myers-Briggs system, you can say it's like looping. It's sort of this idea of, um, just go, 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 go. Not even really checking in on what you want, just responding to the outside world in a sense, responding to what needs to be done or what others need from you or what's most exciting or what's interesting or what can like stretch your muscles or something that's just like unique, um, you know, rushing into battle. It's like, oh, there's a big dragon. I want to go fight it. Yes. And you just go. You don't think about it. You don't think about what armor you have. You don't think about what stuff you have. Um to take this on. You don't think about your skills. You're just like, I'll figure it out as I go along. Right. So not, not interested in any sort of preparation, um, you know, and, and doesn't want to be tied down in any kind of way. Right. So it's like, if you have a team and you see something exciting, you're not even waiting to formulate the team. You're like, I'm going to go, you guys can either come or don't come, but I'm going and you just go at it. Right. (laughs) And just kind of going over and over again. So this not interest in preparation sort of leads to doing a lot more work than, than you need to. It ends up in this, this space of just going over and over and over again. You're exerting a ton of energy, just, just blasting your energy out into the world, looking for the next exciting, interesting thing. And, um, you know, there is a degree of preparation mentally where you're, but it's, but it's happening so quickly where you're just focusing on what the next exciting thing is. And you're like, okay, I'm going to do this. Then I'm going to do that and do that. Um, I don't know if you've seen in the world, there are some types of people who can't even finish a song uh, because it just gets boring, right? These are the types that are just wanting to um, just do the next interesting thing and um, or, or make some sort of success happen for them. And not necessarily think about how that's going to affect their life or how it's going to affect others. It's it's sort of a self-focus in that way. It can be either self-focus or you can um, uh, uh, wanting to get the rewards for doing a specific type of work or um, without doing the work at all, right? So just wanting all of the exciting riches, the Scrooge McDuckness of it all, (laughs) where you're just swimming in your gold coins and fighting dragons and whatever, all of that fun stuff, right? So um, it's just going out into the the adventure of existence and um, seeing life as a perpetual adventure, whereas uh, there's benefits to slowing down, whereas the, the reluctant type needs to speed up, the arrogant type needs to slow down. The arrogant type needs to to back off, needs to take a moment, needs to realize that um, that going forth into battle or going forth into exciting things is not necessarily the um, the only thing that exists in life. Right? It's not about being just like so direct and in your face towards people or towards situations to get the thing done or to uh, to get through it. Um, it's, it's not just about all of those things. Like life is just not just about all of those things that, um, you know, the, the other half of the glass <laughs> that's, that's full, um, 
uh, it's like a half glass full versus half glass empty situation that if you can look at the glass half empty sometimes, then you can take some caution. You can be prepared and you can actually win more battles and get more rewards that way with some semblance of um, uh, uh, dexterity or um, it's not really the word dexterity, um, finesse, just a sense of of planning or having a sense of um, having having a sense of what's the word I'm looking for? Ah, I'm so frustrated with that. <laughs> um, the the arrogant type is is needing to slow down essentially, to take a breath, to introspect, and focus their energy. And maybe you could lead a team better that way. Maybe you could lead yourself better that way. Um, but slowing down, focusing and breathing, maybe reading one book instead of seven books or um, not trying to fight everything or not always being prepared for a battle necessarily, right? It, there, it could be just the imaginative excitement of being prepared all the time for something interesting to happen when in a sense you can let your mind relax. You don't have to go forth. You, it's really just accepting that there are some things that you don't know. There are some things that you can't do. There are limits to your ability. And, um, you know, that's just a part of nature. That's just a part of life, right? And that the, the sweetness of life is enhanced by savory things, right? So if you've got like a donut, for example, and you have a donut with like, it's like a maple donut, for example, like you could be salivating just hearing that. Um, but if you add saltiness to it, like bacon, bacon, maple things are typically one of the most, uh, uh, popular flavors at donuts, like custom donut shops. And that's because you've got that sort of contrast, right? And in a way, an arrogant hero may see, that rushing into battle is the only way to be like, you just have to go forth like YOLO, live your best life. Right. Whereas that contrast of slowness of focus of, of breathing of maybe even dealing with your own inner demons sometimes brings a breadth and color to life that yields even greater rewards at the end of the day. So you can see how these four heroes can be a important launching point for you to understand your journey forward as a personality or as a uh, creator, as someone that is trying to put something out into the world that if you even just understand your archetype, you don't have to necessarily pick one based on these descriptions, but if one fits you more than the other, you can kind of rank them uh, if you, if you'd like, uh, I don't have a set rule set for this sort of thing for these archetypes, but I suspect that, one will stick out more than the others, and then you can sort of figure out what the other ones are for you, kind of rank them in order. And from there, we can start to figure out the journey forward. You know, generally speaking, like I said, the reluctant hero is about getting yourself out there and accessing external energy. The critical hero is about actually developing skill sets and getting your hands dirty. The anti-hero is really about trust and um seeing other things than yourself as important. And then the arrogance type is about slowing down. It's about breathing. And it's about seeing that adventure and excitement is not the only way to live your life. So I hope all of this made sense. I hope one of these characters fits you. And uh, I would love to hear your story in the comments below. 
And also, if you want to continue this journey and start to take this path with me, I have a course on our website at dopamine.life, or rather, if you go straight to the course website at dopamine.teachable.com or dopeintp.com, any of those will lead you in this general direction. I'll put the direct the direct link in the comments as well to the course itself. What That's called Press Start on Your Creative Message. And it's a Zelda-themed course and uh, very similar to what I've got here. And I've got varying screenshots and characters that represent different aspects using Zelda as the sort of basis for the hero's journey. And it's really about your hero's journey because we are all the hero in our own story in a lot of ways. And so when you identify your hero, this is one of the early slides in this course, you'll take the journey with me and start to, we'll go through the drama triangle and the the empowerment dynamic to kind of understand how you may be keeping yourself down, how maybe you're getting in your own way and how you can rearrange your relationship with others so that you're not holding each other down, but lifting each other up. And how even your story, your past, your your dramas in your life may be a source, may be a key for how you create going forward. So we cover all sorts of different topics. And then by the end, you'll have something to experiment with, which is an X to Y sort of statement, a I do this for Y, and uh, sort of identifying what your personal creative mission is, in a sense. And by the end, that's what you'll be taking with you so that either you can have it on a post-it or on a wall or somewhere where you can reference it. Or if someone asks you what you do for a living, that's what you can say to them. It's like, I teach personality development for INTPs, which is mostly the type that I focus on, like something like that, right? And that's not something that's going to be static, but this is a path and a course and a way of, of, of learning that you can take with you going forward. And obviously you can watch it as many times as you want. Um, I have to double check the uh, actual cost. I think it's $29 as of now and maybe $49. I apologize. Uh, depends on the price. Um, I think it's $29 though. Um, just go ahead, click the link below, check it out for yourself. It's a, a I think it's the lowest cost course that I have. And um, I think it's something worth checking out if you're someone that's trying to um, develop a creative career or you're trying to just kind of figure out how to get yourself moving uh, in a more achievement-focused way in your life. So with all that said, um, if you're listening to the podcast version of this, I suggest you go check out the YouTube version. I'll post that in the links of the podcast version. And um, that's it. But uh, if this resonated with you, please hit like and subscribe here on YouTube. Leave a comment, rating, and review on your favorite podcast platform. And if you want to go check out the course, links are below. So let me know how you felt about um, this type of content as well. I want to focus a little bit more on these archetypes and uh, help you with your personal growth this way. So um, that's it. I've been C-Note, aka Christian Rivera. Thanks for listening to Dopamine. Take care of yourselves and each other. And I'll catch you next time on Dopamine. See ya. Just a quick reminder that we have a Patreon at patreon.com slash dopamine, D-O-P-E-A-M-I-N-E. That's a place where you can support the channel financially and 
join our community to be able to connect with others who are trying to grow in their personal health, personal growth journey and support dopamine through whatever financial means necessary. So it could be a small donation, big donation, whatever feels comfortable over at patreon.com slash dopamine. This has been a C-Note Media Production.